Uh, I like this one from Amanda. Besides online Facebook support, what are some things, books, occurrences, et cetera, that have been the most encouraging since telling your story? Do you mind answering that? Um, I will say that, so I read Pastor Shiflet's book and I feel like that was helpful because the whole second half of the book was like how we can prevent things like this from helping. So that helped. Um, but honestly, the biggest thing has been therapy. And I know we touched on that, but honestly, I feel like that has been the most helpful since coming forward is knowing that I have support for my friends and family and um, going to therapy and being able to talk things out. I feel like that has been huge in moving forward and trying to figure everything out because I'm not on the other side of it yet. Even if the investigation were to end tomorrow, I'm still very much working through things. So I think that's what's going to continue to help me stay above water. That's awesome. And that's good. Like you've got to have those resources. Going it alone is, I don't know, there's people that are strong enough. I'm not saying that you're not, but always uh, having those resources and people to lean on or or books to read or, or outlets for yourself, whether that be therapy or just talking to some friends, I think is is very helpful. I saw someone said, I know there's been other victims. Have they spoken out as well? Um, there has been, I know that there's been affairs that have spoken up or spoken out. Yes. Um, no other minors that could help me in, or not even help me, that sounds selfish, but help the investigation yeah. against Cameron have yet come forward, even though my gut tells me there's plenty more. Um, Amanda asked, and again, feel free, and this is nothing against people asking these questions. I just want to make sure that we do this right. Um, Amanda asked, looking back on how he groomed you, can you recognize the same behaviors towards or with anyone else that you went to school or church with? And she's saying, obviously, no names there. She's not asking for you to name anyone, but is this something that you feel like you saw repeated with any other, anyone else that you were in church with and you group with? Yeah, there's um, there's three people on the top of my wow. head. Obviously, I won't get names that yeah. I 100% recognize things on both ends, and it just it makes me sad. Like, and I obviously I I may never know if there's anything behind that, but I know how he was, and I know how I looked at him when I was fully involved in things. And I even had many conversations with him and gave names and at, like would straight up ask, yeah. are you doing something with so-and-so? And, oh, you're so funny. No, I don't have time for that. And even when I asked after was, you know, was I the only one? I remember he was on a flight somewhere. It was since being a GSBC, yeah. um, he was going somewhere and he was on the plane alone. And it was often when he, whenever he was on the plane alone, cause he would have Wi-Fi on the plane. That he would message me on Facebook, like checking in, how you doing, whatever. And there was a couple times I'd say, was I the only one? And he went into this long thing. Well, the church grew after, you know, like once we had stopped, the church was so big and I didn't have time. So are you saying that you would have done it if you did have time? Wow. So you make time for what you want to do. So um, yeah, there's, there's definitely people, a, a couple people that, I um and I've even talked to people about it. It's just I I definitely was not the only the only one. But yes, there was affairs that came forward too. There's a couple things I want to. I'm not trying to cut you off from anything you want to read. So feel free to put your oh, hand up. Let me know. Shut up, Stuart. Um, <laughs> if there's anyone in here is looking for some resources to help kids, 
I want to read what Bethany's saying. She says each chapter of her foundation has a Facebook page. You can just search Guardians of the Children and search for the page of a chapter closest to you. So I want to make sure that we just cover that briefly. Anna said, um, do you feel that former juvenile victims aren't coming forward because they're waiting to see your case actually see results? The sad reality may be that they may feel the pain you endure uh, isn't worth it if they get if you get zero justice and again and this isn't anything against Anna whatsoever um good friend of the podcast but it is if you want to answer that feel free if not I understand no I have had that exact conversation with a couple okay. people I 100% think because like I've said my gut tells me that there were more I don't think even if I was the first I definitely wasn't the last um but I 100% think that there are people on the sidelines that are first of all you see like the backlash that and nothing like oh poor me look at me but the backlash that i've gotten since coming forward that's super intimidating so it's not like the what if if i come forward what's going to happen well you know you saw someone come forward for the same person and who comes to their aid so yes i totally think that there's more that are unfortunately still just watching and kind of waiting but what's hard is if there were more in my situation and more minor victims of his, this case could go so much further and so much faster. So it would actually be a help if they reached out to me or the investigator or to anyone um, that would help build the case so much better than just me by myself. Uh, yeah, and I, I, that makes perfect sense. And again, that's not, I wouldn't say, sorry, I'm not trying to speak for you, Sarah, but I wouldn't say that's to put pressure on those other any other victims or, or women who've experienced this with him, but it's just to say, hey, you know, if you if you want to help, you're not saying it's going to be an easy road, I don't think, but you're saying it will help the case against him. Um, I'm not, this sounds bad. I'm just going to say it. I'm not trying to be partial to my family, but Mike has endured some some stuff himself, uh, Mike Lucas. So I just want to read what he said because I think it's, it's valid and it's helpful. Um, he said, you see and you notice so much more once you are forced uh, by abuse to open your eyes for the dangers and signs of predators, personal experience. And I know what he's talking about, and I understand that. So I, I agree, Mike, you, you make perfect sense as far as once you've, once you've seen someone go through it or had to be close to it, whether it happened to you or not, it's definitely something that opens your eyes and it educates you, yeah. lack of a better word, but it definitely does. Unfortunately, I think you're able to see red flags so much easier. Like the question, you know, did you see anything with other people with Cameron? Once I learned his tactics and how he would act towards me or look at me or talk to me, I, you're able to recognize that that's not just, you know, an innocent thing with someone else, or you see the way someone's looking at him, you know why. So you're able to see the red flags, unfortunately, so much more when it's happened. Yep. Um, John, ben, again, this is a very pointed question and I love John. He's been a good friend of the podcast and a, a, I guess many times. So this isn't against him, but if you, if, if it's not something you can or are able to answer, I understand But he asks, uh, this might be too fresh, but were the affairs college students? Once again, the colleges, you know, uh, frown on this. If you can't say, he says he understands. Um, like Cameron's affairs? Yes. Mm -hmm. Is that what he's asking? Yeah. No, it was adults in the church, members of the church. Okay, gotcha. So it was, and it was after me, I think, the one that came forward that um, Pastor Shiflett actually wrote about in his book, 
unfortunately she came forward and she was saying like you know what can i do to help but unfortunately with the legal side while an affair is a huge thing in like moral wise and right, in the baptist state unfortunately on the legal side that's not something that we can prosecute him for it's not illegal um so it didn't help in that way but it gave her a voice and it, if nothing else it shows his character like he was a repeat offender in the aspect of he always had a separate life right um but no it was adults in the church yeah and it, it speaks to a pattern of sexual indiscretion at the very least mm -hmm. you know he can't he can't seem to you know just stay with his wife and be happy with that like that's that's yeah. very telling no, that was no. also something that was kind of frustrating is like the, the people that were fighting up against me and trying to bully and whatever are were so focused on my situation i'm not the only one that has spoken up sure. so why are we ignoring these other situations and these you know the woman that can describe the inside of his house that had never been there otherwise how else would she know the inside of his house like and she tells details of things that he did and it's the same things that he did with me so why are we only focused on let's make sarah look like a liar like she's right. some bitter ex-baptist yeah. instead of looking at like no this is who he is and she's not the only one other and i the one that came forward the the main one mm -hmm. i never even met her and if i did i don't remember like she had mentioned some dates where i think we may have overlapped in the church sure but so it's someone that i have no idea who they who she is and our stories are very similar right oh. i personally think he's a narcissist so yeah. I think this is something that he thrives off of is that feeling of power over someone. And I think this is just one of the ways that he can get it. Jay had asked about, and again, it's, it's up to you to answer or not about PTSD, nightmares, stuff like that. Uh, is it something that you've had to endure? Have you found a way to cope with it? Again, you're- um, I have not been diagnosed with PTSD, but 100% I have night terrors where I will wake up literally sobbing and Oh my God. Like I'll have days where I am in the beginning more so it was begging him like Cameron, please like just admit it. Like, let's make this stop. Like, so like all these dreams where different scenarios play out or I'll see Sarah and I'll be begging her, please yeah. listen to me. And it's always like a feeling of helplessness, like begging for this to end. So I, I would think that that goes hand in hand with that. I've not officially been diagnosed. But um, I totally understand people that that deal with that and the flashbacks for sure. Like when I went to the church, unfortunately, there. I mean, it's it's hard not to. Or driving somewhere and knowing, you know, I I met up with him in this place or whatever. It's impossible not to have those flashbacks and be upset. Bethany said, "I know this is a question. Uh, this question is for Sarah, but I thought I'd throw it out there." She says she has severe nightmares, basically reliving the abuse. Prazosin, I'm sure. Good luck on that word. <laughs> blocks all of my dreams and I can actually sleep through the night now. So she's talking about some, I think it's some medication maybe that she's on that has helped. And I think, um, let me scroll back up here. Um, I want to say thank you to Bethany. You've been a real resource in here for people. Just kind of sharing your experiences and saying ways to help and what works. So thank you so much for that. I, I really, I sincerely appreciate that. And, and what, appreciate that. And what you said earlier, Sarah, it's not being for or against drugs, I shouldn't say drugs, but medication, but whatever, you know, you find that yeah. works for you, my goodness, go for it.
Well, and my thing has kind of always been where I know, you know, again, like um, medicine for mental illnesses or stuff like that are also another taboo thing. But my thing has always been your brain is part of your body, just like you can get cancer in your body and you take Mm -hmm. medicine for that. You know, like we have chemo and stuff to cure that. Why is it an issue when you're taking something to help your brain that's still part of your body? Why is that? looked down on to whatever helps any part of your body should not be an issue agreed uh and a couple of people andrew um let's see bytap.com john bannister mentioned um uh they'll help you sleep is a good company uh andrew mentioned chewable melatonin i give that to myself and chloe sometimes definitely helps sleep there's a company um there should be a discount code uh with my friend dan henderson you can use called some sleep s-o-m-s-l-e-e-p if anyone wants kind of a link up to that, I don't, I can't type it in right now, but that it's just a, it's a melatonin drink, but man, that thing knocks me out. I'm not saying, I'm not trying to say prescribe it. I'm no doctor. It's not a cure for PTSD or anything like that, but right, something right. has really helped. Uh, I would definitely check it out if that's something you want to try. Um, Janine's also on the same medication. It helps. Um, it's anti-hypertension drug um, with an off-label use for decreasing PTSD and nightmares. Interesting. It's good to know. Um, I don't know if I'm, again, prazosin, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, but that's something that clearly has been prescribed and has helped a lot of people. Um, Andrew, Janine, Andrew, sorry, now we have a question. We're, they're going back and forth with each other in the comments. Um, Andrew's okay. asking if that's over the counter. I'm guessing not, uh, but Janine is a, a medical uh, graduate. Congratulations, Janine, she would know. Heather wants to know if this is something, you know, if, if what you've dealt with is causing you anxiety at times. Yeah, it would, yes, it, it does. And there's I mean, not too much to like expand on that, but absolutely. Yeah. I, um, I, I, I mean, just in all kinds of areas. I mean, it's just there's first of all, there's so many moving parts, even right now with the situation, yeah. um, that are always um, stressful and raises your anxiety, but even in certain situations that I went through with him still raise anxiety. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, Amanda says you've always been a night owl. I haven't always, me, but I acclimate to that. Uh, I do want to say this for Mike as well. Working out is an amazing source of stress relief. I'm not in that place right now, but when I have been and hopefully in the near future will be. I agree with that a hundred percent, like getting that, getting a good sweat in, getting that exertion. I'm not trying to be macho yeah. about it. I feel like that has been a, a side effect. So you might put naked pictures on Facebook. So. <laughs> I thought you were being serious. I was like, Oh, oh no. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, exactly. Can't have the, the Facebook nudies. That's a huge problem. Um, Just so Mike's, how has this affected your relationship with your husband? Uh-huh. Um, in, a big way and that took me a long time to get through trust issues because how do you go from your first interaction with almost all of your relationship first being with someone who is married and showing you that married men can have a secret life someone you know your pastor so from the very beginning, my very first relationship, because unfortunately that was a relationship in my 16 year old eyes. Um, unfortunately, all that did was teach me major trust issues. Yeah. So that was a huge part of 
the toxicity in my first relationship with my first legitimate boyfriend yeah. was how do you trust someone you know i've been on the other end of that i know how you can appear to all these people and be able to hide it so well so that even started into my marriage was trying to realize he is not cameron right. and i can't roll that over so it's a work in progress and honestly again communication is huge me telling him i'm having a bad day like he might need to be more understanding and understand he needs to be a little bit more transparent than you know maybe another marriage but it's working together as a couple but i would say trust issues was a huge part of it i can only imagine and thank you i, I just want to say this to you, Sarah, you're fielding, it's, I know it's late, but you're fielding a lot of questions and you're going a lot of places that you don't have to for all of us. So thank you so much for doing that. Um, Anna, Anna gave us a little more on that question. Uh, and then um, Janine had asked a question as well. So Anna said, how do you bridge the gap between protecting all you've known and then choose to not protect the people and institutions you've always known to be an authority? Again, I feel this and have experienced this, haven't uh, haven't bridged it yet. And again, Anna's, I don't know if you know her at all, uh, Sarah, but Anna's not, there's no animosity coming from like, well, she's definitely asking a very legitimate uh, question. Does, does it make sense now? Is that something that you could speak so Tell me if I'm understanding this right. So basically, are you saying like, how did I go from protecting Cameron and what i was hiding from him and all of that to being able to basically buck up against that and speak out on it is that what is that what she's saying and i'm not i'm not going to answer for her and if you can just give us a yes or maybe again <laughs> give us a little more clarification we will come back and definitely i want to answer that question anna says yes um I can tell you that even a year later and even after having come forward it is still a daily mental struggle and i actually even have talked to rachel about this and um the person that cameron had an affair with mm -hmm. it's so hard to go from truly believing that you love this person and then it just becoming second nature to protect them for so many years i can't tell you that there hasn't been days in the last year that i have felt almost guilty for betraying him and that's why when I wrote that letter to him, I even said in there, like, I know you feel betrayed because we had this, we don't tell anybody, we take it yeah. to the grave. And it was talked about so much. And it was like, we almost had each other's backs when really I just had his back because he wasn't hiding anything yeah. for me. But to make that switch and go from protecting him to not is still even after being on this side of it is still a huge mental struggle and something that i'm even talking to my therapist about because it's hard to explain to someone who hasn't been in the situation but you almost get angry at yourself because you don't want to feel sympathy for this person because you know they did something so horrendous but i can't i can't say that i still don't have that part of me that is like, I'm sorry, I know you are probably hurt that I told on you or whatever. So I would just say again, therapy, because even on this end of it and after you out them, it's still very emotionally hard on you. I can imagine. I, I 
just to kind of dovetail with that a little bit, again, I'm not speaking from experience. I don't even have a place to speak here. <laughs> but, like, I would just say that, you know, this isn't a one-and-done kind of thing. And like you said mm -hmm. before, God, like an hour ago, you know, like, you didn't come forward like, oh, this is going to be a walk in the park, and I can't wait to come forward and tell everyone this is so much fun. It's it's a lot of work, like, and it's something that you found necessary to do, and we applaud you, but, like, that's a lot of work, and it's an ongoing thing for sure. <clears throat> right. Um, and I think uh, people also that are on his side kind of think that, you know, you just come forward and you just bash him and you ruin his life, but there's so much more than that, and it's not it's not easy on the victim or survivor's end. Like it's something that you literally think about every single day. And there's the, the angry part of me towards him that wants him to have to think about it every single day. Like if you have messed with my head this much, I want you to suffer just as much as I did. And I know that sounds angry, but it is. <laughs> that's the reality of the situation though. Um, right. Jay asked, how do you go from keeping a secret for so long to being free about it? That's a good question. That's a Talking. I feel like the more that you talk, the easier it gets. And the more that I'm able to speak out, like even hitting post that first day, like while there still was a huge weight on you, a huge weight has been lifted like the more you talk the easier it gets um i feel like that's with anything like if you're training for a marathon the more you just keep at it the more second nature it'll be so i i basically i think you just force yourself to do it and it'll get easier practice makes perfect i guess yeah um well, thank you. I'm, I'm not trying to close, as the pastors would say, um, but I do want to thank you guys for all the questions. These have been great questions, I think. I don't know, Sarah, if you agree. But I do, too. <laughs> uh, I think these have been great questions, and I'm super grateful that you guys are taking the time kind of towards the end here to, to kind of chime in and, and, and let Sarah, you know, give Sarah the support um, that she deserves, but also, you know, hit her with a few questions. She's been through the ringer here, and she knows what it's like. you got to think he was counseling my parents because their relationship was strained with me my senior year Eesh. so here you are like basically the cause of my really be like pulling back and you're having counseling sessions with my parents or you so my third hour during the day because i had done paces my ninth grade year mm -hmm. when i was in my senior year one of the classes that the seniors were taken i had already taken so I was assigned to be his office aide that hour. And that's when a lot of things happened. So we were in the office with my grandmother, who is his secretary, and we would leave to go to the study, and then he would walk right back in and face my grandmother. So if that's not a slap in the face. That's crazy. And I think- That just shows like, I know it's, I, if there's still people on here that are easily offended, like that just goes to show like the balls of someone that you, have the guts to face someone like you can just completely cut off and disrespect nope. someone like to know what you just did with their minor granddaughter and then you walk right back in and face them and it just sickens me that just shows how he is though i i think yeah the how he is and i think that speaks to the the level of narcissism that that lives in him to this day um which is yep. i'm not saying to me it's unreal i'm not saying i'm anyone special for that but like that's just 
that's mind-boggling that someone could have that level of narcissism. They could look your grandma in the face moments after this has happened and just, it's another day. You're my secretary. Make sure you hold my calls kind of thing. Like, it's just, it's unreal. The first day that he would, that the first time that he kissed me, and like I said, I was shaking. I didn't know what I was doing, yeah. whatever. And so that was during that hour. And then after lunch, my first class was English with his wife. Uh-huh. And he pulled me out of his wife's class saying that he had an issue with my pace to go then take me back and continue to teach me. Um, so he looked his wife in the face and pulled me out of her class. So again, like there, like there are so many things that I could tell, like this man is so much worse than people even realize. I can't thank you enough really for taking the time, not just to share your story and your thoughts and kind of rehash the most recent blog that you put, put up, but also answering all these questions. Cause I think they are, again, the whole goal of this, like I said, when we started today and, and talking about it was just to help people. And so I, I hope, I don't hope, I'm certain that you've helped a lot of people. Well, and I also appreciate because this is like, this is a platform and this is going to reach people again that yeah. I wouldn't reach otherwise. And I, and another thing again is talking it out. So even the comments, yeah. like for the questions and comments, being able to answer things that we necessarily didn't think of ahead of time, that yeah. I think it's been a lot of things of helping people. So. I, I agree. And that's, and again, I'm glad you can have that perspective. I'm glad it wasn't, you're a bit of a celebrity in our world. Just, just It's just the truth. Um, not for a reason that you want to be, but you're here now, so it is what it is. But you could have easily said, okay, I said my piece and, and signed off. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that you didn't, that you stuck around for them. Um, both of my parents have now signed off because it's their bedtime. <laughs> <laughs> and Mike Smith says, it's not a good invitation unless you have 47 verses of just as I am. That sounds like Mount Salem Revival Grounds campground. It was terrible. Oh my God, did you go there? You did? You did too? Yes. Oh yeah, I went for their big youth conference here every year, or youth conference every year. Is that the one you went to? Or uh, the, the cinder block showers with the spiders. Yeah. Oh, and I'm you sure. have to hold the string to get water. <laughs> <laughs> so you would, you could like attach like a shampoo bottle to hold it Work. so oh, it would continue. You were ingenious. I didn't think that that <laughs> Oh, oh it gives me the easy jeebies. <laughs> <laughs> I went uh I went pretty consistently. I went every year from I think ninth grade on. It was terrible. I don't know if you remember the men's dorms. We had to go up that about literally up the side of a mountain to get to our dorms. I could put it like a million steps. Yeah, something like that. It was ridiculous. Yeah. I can tell you right now, my current physical shape, I don't think I could even make that. I don't, <laughs> I, I couldn't even get to the dot running or anything. I don't think I could get to the top, but yes. Uh, I remember Mount Salem well. Uh, I do want to read, I think. And then the bell ringing. And oh, it yeah. was, you go to 2 a.m., but then you got to be up at 6 a.m. for breakfast. It was nuts. It was so bad. It was nuts. I got a buddy. He's not in here. Uh, Matt Namath was on staff there. Matt's a dear, dear friend of mine. He's in the military. And he he has, um, I don't know, we, we had good times there. But I, I went, I met good, I made really good friendships there. But that was a terrible place. That was the worst. And the so bad. It was terrible. What they say about camp food, that was Mount Salem. The food was so bad. You could count on it. Yeah. And another thing, which, so the pool had like those massive walls around it and yeah. the females had to swim in pool clothing. Yes. Like, yes. Couldn't even wear bathing suits in front of other women. Like you were wearing turtlenecks and <laughs> knee length skirts in a pool trying not to drown. Yes. 
so good times. <laughs> I didn't know you were there all this all this time. We've we've been connected. I had no clue, but yeah, we we <laughs> Mount Salem. So bad. That was a tribulation time for sure. What do they say? Trials and talk about PTSD. Oh yes, all the PTSD. We'll go live again. The next one will be Mount Salem. Um, right. I'm dead serious. I do. I just don't want to miss this from Anne. I know it's going to get buried. So she said an earlier question that John tried to help me with. How do we help perpetuate the momentum you have to bring justice to Cameron? I think we talked about that a little bit. Um, but is that something that you want to speak to? Excuse me. Additionally, Sarah's there more. Unfortunately, I feel like legally we're kind of at like our hands are tied with the legal justice part just because I'm waiting on the investigator and all that they're doing. So I I mean, he'll reach out with questions and he asks me stuff and I give him everything that he needs. But until I have some kind of answer one way or another from them, yeah. there's really not much I can do unless there was, you know, another minor victim or something that would mm -hmm. come forward to help the case. Other than that, there's there's really not much that I can do okay. in that way. But again, it's still, it's still, we're, we're still able to put pressure on him via social media, especially since he thinks that it's a good idea to be so active on social media with these things being act actively pursued against him. The fact that he, it doesn't work to his betterment, it works to his detriment. So being active on social yeah. media and being an advocate there and, and reaching out to local news stations in Jacksonville is, I mean, I'm not trying to trump what you're saying because you're absolutely right. I'm no. get in the way, but I think if we are looking for something that you can do, that's something that you can do for sure. Especially since he's acting and talking like right. this is over and right. he's gotten away. And honestly, if he truly believes that the investigation is over, he probably feels like he's on top of the world oh, because yeah. he always had to worry about his wife finding out. Well, now his yeah. wife found out and she stayed with him and the world knows and everything's great because he still has his posse that's yep. keeping him employed. So he probably feels like everything's grand. Um, Amanda mentioned the cranberry juice in Mount Salem. Sarah, do you remember that? I don't remember the cranberry juice. I don't remember the cranberry We're juice. We're not saying it's- But I also don't like cranberry juice unless it's mixed with vodka. So <laughs> I don't know that I would have drank it. <laughs> the magic ingredient. Like I'm a wuss. I had one, I have had like two MREs in my life. I'm not, I'm not trying to do it anymore. Call me a wuss all you want. I'm not eating your MREs. Um, what is an MRE? Um, meal ready to eat. Mike, help me out. It's the military ones that come in like the greenish brown packet, and it's it's terrible. They're like all dry and yes. The... Well, they're made to last for like three hundred years or something. It's pretty ridiculous. <laughs> I hit up my sister. She's been in the uh, she's out, but she's been in the Air Force for a long time, and um, she I hit her up. Oh God, it was Memorial Day, not Memorial Day, Veterans Day a while ago. I'm like, I want to eat our MRE on Veterans Day. She's like, that's the dumbest thing ever. Why would you? Do that to your yeah. stomach. No, it should be right. <laughs> John Bannister, I don't know where Josh Owens is. We love him, but I'm sure he'll see this at some point. It is late over there where he's at. And I think actually he has someone visiting this weekend, so that's probably why. Um, yeah, there Mike says, military rations packaged to last forever. Um, yeah, Janine, <laughs> weird because they were so hung up on the water magic of baptism in regards to our not being able to spend. Uh, <laughs> Good. Heather, I'm glad your daughter likes her culottes. That's terrific. And I'm not being sarcastic. Um, puke in a pack, says Bethany. John has boxes of them. Throw them away. 
I have never tried one, and I don't think I will ever. Don't do it. <laughs> you won't be able to. Yeah. Okay. I won't do that. Um. You're right. Yes, Mike. Chair force. Yeah. She does not know about MREs. You are right. You were right. Absolutely. It's from Anna. What sort of relief do you feel every day? Where is the relief directed? Like, what experience? What experiences? Uh, make you feel empowered for having come forward. Well, that's a pretty nothing against Anna. I'm loving these questions, um, but like that—that's an intricate question. Is that something you can speak to at all? Um. So I would say, if I'm understanding her correctly, like, like what helps me feel relief? I guess. Yeah. Is again yes. just talking and seeing my therapist weekly and. I mean, I don't want to beat that horse, but at the same time, I feel like that's that's the answer for a lot of it. But I feel like the more I talk and the more open I am and the more public I am, the more empowered I feel. And that's why I said he, he messed with the wrong person because mm -hmm. I'm not done. Good. And would you, just to kind of speak to that a little bit, Sarah, would you say that's because you had to kind of state not had to but like you stayed put and were silent for so long so now yeah. having the opportunity to speak out and making that opportunity for yourself kind of gives you that i'm not trying to speak for you i'm just asking you feel like that kind of gives you no for sure and like even preparing for tonight and while i was you know texting you telling you i was yeah. so nervous but there was this level of or this this feeling of knowing that this is something that i wouldn't have been able to do even two years ago yeah. so it was you just you feel like i can so i'm going to awesome so he can't he can no longer keep me quiet so there's there's no longer that intimidation factor from him so every time you get the chance to talk talk loudly awesome and i think we addressed this before someone kind of said it before but i want to reiterate and just see if you ratify this or not do you feel like that you know Finding, I wouldn't say finding your voice because you always had it, but just getting it out there and saying, coming forward, do you feel like that gives you a sense? And this isn't, I don't know, I don't know how anyone can take this the wrong way, but they shouldn't. Does it give you a sense of kind of self-empowerment now that you've done it yourself, you know, now that you're out yeah. there and saying your thing? Yeah, I feel like it, it just um, fans that flame and just it makes you, the more you do it, the the stronger I think you get and it it helps you like each time you talk I feel like more comes out and that's therapeutic like there's things that I was able to say tonight that I haven't put in a post because maybe it didn't go along with it or whatever but the more you talk the more that's gonna come out and the sure. more it helps yeah uh, so now uh, the one and only Josh Owens, good friend of the podcast, <laughs> getting a lot of love because he's here. I have a feeling that John Bannister texted Josh Owens to show up. Um, and this is no, no shade being thrown here. Josh has been a big help and friend of the podcast. I do want to see what this question is from Mike. He said, does it allow you to do away with treating certain individuals in a way that was seemingly out of character for you due to having due to have hiding their wrongdoings. I'm not sure if I understand that fully, Mike, I'm sorry. Mike is very intelligent. My cousin builds apps for a living and most of his stuff goes right over my head to his credit. Does that make sense to you, um, uh, Sarah? Is that kind of, is that coming through for you? I'm sorry. So I don't, 
I don't want it to come out cold, but if I'm understanding him correctly, I feel like I almost looked at Sarah with like Sarah, feeling sorry, sorry me, for Sarah her. is his wife, just to yeah. differentiate here. So I feel like that's an individual that I almost like felt sorry for, but since coming forward, I feel like now seeing her reaction, I no longer feel sorry for her because she's now been presented with it and I've seen how she's handled it. So I think that there are people that I've kind of made excuses for or whatever that I no longer have to because I know the truth and I've been honest with myself, really. Uh, Devaney said, is there some type of law that would limit Cameron from teaching minors if he's under criminal investigation? I mean, he is starting this Bible college, so it appears if not. Uh, but do you know more about this? I don't, but I don't know if you do, Sarah. I I don't know, but if I had, like, what I would think is no, only because he's not been convicted with anything. Okay. Um, he's not even officially been charged with anything yet. So it's still, with it still being in the investigation, I don't think that you can put restrictions on someone until they've been actually convicted. I think that would really raise some hell if yeah. that were the case like for innocent people that are under investigation sure. and you're putting restrictions on them so while it would be nice because it would help protect from future but i don't think so okay i do want to get to andrea's question which i think you, you'll be able to answer easily but i do want to i want to speak to josh owens really quick you're not stealing any focus josh you're fine he was he's worried about <laughs> stealing the focus from you but no. it's told the comment section is a show of the shit so it's helping keep it light in between. <laughs> yes, it's fun. Um, Andrea said, are there more victims that have come forward yet? I don't believe so, but Sarah, I'll let you answer that, of course. Um, no minors. Uh, Mike said, there are people in my life that I do treat differently due to their involvement, either directly or through negligence, uh, which would typically be out of character for me, but I can't really explain. It's annoying. That's uh, where that question came from. So he's, I think Mike is saying, like he's had you know, an experience where he's he's decided to treat someone different than maybe he normally would have due to their actions. So I, I, And I think that's very similar too with with Sarah. Like you wanna feel bad for yeah. someone who's like not only has had affairs but has done something so disgusting and you have children with these people and you depend on this person. And so you want like it's your human nature is to want yeah. to feel sorry for them and have sympathy towards them. But when you see them turn a blind eye consciously it's kind of hard and you just, you can't anymore. You can't, like, ignorance is no excuse. Uh, Anna says, I do <laughs> good. Did you ever believe your abuser was truly only abusing you and wouldn't abuse in the future? And that would be the reason for not telling anyone, like, I'm fine, so no one else needs to be hurt. I think you answered that earlier, but Anna wasn't on here. You could speak to that briefly, Sarah. Excuse and that's pretty much exactly what I said um, earlier, too. I, he always told me that I was the only one. And honestly, like, so it's hard to like get you guys, like put someone in my mindset back then, but in my 16 year old mindset, this man loved me and told me he loved me every single day. And I honestly thought that. So yeah. to me, I was in a relationship with this married pastor as yeah. twisted as that is, but that's the mindset that I was in. So during that time, like I, I did 100% think it was just me. And he always told me if, 
if I, you know, situations were only different and I would have known you, you know, eight years ago, which is before he was with Sarah, or if, um, granted, if I were older, because I would have been like six. Yeah. But, um, so, right. Um, but yeah, so at the time, I thought that I was the only one. He always told me that it was, there was just something about me, whatever. He tell, he tells you everything that you want to hear. Yeah, and then cool. even after having conversations, yes, you were the only one. So I kind of figured, well, I'll just handle it myself. He's now moved on to California. He's not around. I don't have to see him. I'll work through it myself. And then it just got to the point where you kind of lose that level of being naive and know you're not the only one. And everyone always says there's never only one person. So not. and figure and as soon as I came forward like I would have never known about his affairs that have come right. forward if I wouldn't have said something but that shows his character and that I wasn't the only one yep uh Janine I keep calling you Janine because that's how I know you but Jay tell me if you want me to call you Jay I feel sorry uh I feel bad because I'm probably calling you the wrong name um but uh Jay uh she says how did you get validation from authorities I reported my abuse she says and it made everything a hundred times worse that's a tough question um so it's been it has been extremely frustrating with the investigation process i feel like there's been a lot of times where i'm almost the one like keeping it going me like being that annoying person constantly emailing my investigator honestly um but and he even wrote in one of the emails what's difficult is unfortunately my case is 12 years old and there's so much more work that goes into it and there's cases of children that are being abused today that will always take like i need to get this part this kid out of a situation right now so that's that's what's hard is being patient so i mean the mental part at times can make it worse because i feel like i did my part i came forward i told someone why is nothing nothing happening um so i don't think i've necessarily gotten validation from them yet i'm just hoping that eventually uh, I do want to read uh, what Bethany says. She's been real active, had a lot of good things to say. She says, I don't want to, uh, I don't want it to sound like I'm making this about me, but my experience, it blew my mind to find out that my abuser offended multiple times before me. It's hard to imagine someone would attempt to ruin multiple lives. I mean, yeah, that is, that is, I mean, I, I think something that I learned um, in dealing with narcissistic, just terrible people personally, and sorry, Sarah, I'm not trying to cut you off. I want you to speak to that as well. But, You're fine. Something that I've learned myself is actually my mother taught it to me and it, I, it, I'm not saying it's money, but it helped me. And, it, and she told me when dealing with these terrible people to basically to know them is to be them. And so to understand their thought process or how they could be so narcissistic and how they could be so evil, it just does. It's not going to be, in my opinion, it's not going to be something that your mind ever really fully encompasses because you're not them and you'd almost have to be them in order to make any sense of what they've done to you and others. But sorry, go ahead, Sarah. I didn't mean to... Right. Um, and so I love Dr. Phil and he he's, even he's... said something similar to that. Like if you feel never understand because you're not that person, like a narcissist, you know, and if you're not a narcissist, you can't fathom or con- like understand what they're thinking or their reasons for doing it because you're not that person. So we're never going to understand what they do or why they do it or why they think the way they do. But also with her saying that it was hard to think of him doing or others. Her, her abuser. I don't know if it was a guy or a girl, but your abuser doing it to other people. 
And it's also hard when for the ones that have been groomed into thinking that you truly love that person, it's almost like a level of betrayal. Like in, I know this is horrible wording, but almost feeling cheated on yourself. Sure. Like when I found out the first time that there was other people. So all those years, one of the things that you fed me to keep me quiet was that I was the only one and I was special and I, he loved me and I wasn't used. Well, that shows all of that was a lie and just Mm -hmm. solidifies it. So that is also hard to wrap your head around too. I can imagine. Uh, Devaney said, did you ever try to use the Bible during the abuse? You hear disgusting stories of men twisting scripture uh, to to coerce girls, but it sounds like he didn't even try to be a man of God with your relationship, which I can't think would have been any worse. It's all sick. And that's something that Jack Scott did. He would tell his victim victims probably that they wanted that God wanted them to be together. So I think what Devin is asking is, did he kind of try to twist God's word or the Bible or your spiritualism? No, it was just straight up. No, he 100% treated as a relationship. Like, like I want to be with you. I love you. It was never, even though he used his power in like a backwards way. Yes. He never used his power to my face. Like, this is something God wants us to do, or this is okay by God. He never did any of that. It was more like, I'm your boyfriend right. type thing. Okay. Um, sorry, and feel free to stop me if I'm cutting you off as you're answering these. Uh, Josh Owens asks, um, have you had trouble maintaining relationships with people you know who are still into the IFB mentality? Even though it may be well-intentioned, I really struggle with being civil to people who are contributing to the problem knowingly or unknowingly. I don't think I personally have just because the only people that I really still have contact with that are IFB are my grandparents and they are so beyond supportive. So they don't, and they, while they may not agree with certain things I do in my life, whether it be like the drinking or whatever that we talked about earlier, Mm -hmm. they are not, they're still 100% supportive and that has like, they don't sit there and try and preach at me and shove Baptist down my throat. And while they might say in passing, like, we'd love to have you back. Sure. Like if I go and visit the church, or whatever, it's never pushy. And so I don't have any relationships any longer with anyone that is still involved outside of my grandparents, really. Sure. And would you, again, just trying to commentate a little bit on what you're saying, would you say that, that's due in part to the fact that you're not getting any kind of guilt factor from them. And there may be others. I'm not saying that others do give you the guilt factor, but that's kind of what we've grown accustomed to. Um, I just think it's because I think even over the years, I just really separated myself from it. So I feel like I just, there's not really any relationship anymore that I have to feel forced into. I don't like, forced relationships or friendship or whatever. So I think I'm just, I don't want to say that I grew cold to it, but I think I just completely separated myself from it to figure out who the heck am I really outside of who my pastor and parents wanted me to be and told me I was. And that was one of the reasons that I couldn't stand being at Golden State is because I remember one staff member who is still friends with Cameron. I remember her pulling me into the office one time and crying because 
she didn't think that I was acting properly and I was supposed to be a pastor's wife. Well, why am I supposed to be a pastor's wife? Like I, I, I felt like you're, you're kind of made to like, they almost like pave your path for you of who this person you're supposed to be. So I needed to find out for myself, like, who am I outside of this? Cause that's not right. Who I want nothing to do with that. Um, Oh my God, you guys are going too fast for me. I'm getting old, I guess. Um, there was something I wanted to read. Just, just again, positivity I want to drum up in here. Uh, Bethany says, I applaud your positive mindset. For me, I don't see uh, how you can give a conscience to someone that lives purely for their wants. I agree, that's a lack of empathy and doesn't care about the damage that fulfilling them does to their victims. Yeah, it's just, there's no empathy there. They don't, it's seer sever whatever you want to call it it doesn't exist for these people at all in any way shape or form i'm just great the the thing i'm most the two things i'm most grateful for tonight i just want to share this with you guys if you don't mind just briefly is number one sarah you coming on and being a help to so many people answering questions you know left and right even the ones i skipped over some and thought that's eh, too much and you're like you didn't say no but you're like oh, i'm gonna answer that one I'm gonna answer okay cool so i'm grateful for that but um you know also just the fact that we're able to have this discourse and that you guys have been so kind and uplifting and everything that you're saying. Um, the only negative comment was to me about my cursing, which is totally valid. Um, so I'm my grandma. <laughs> no, I don't blame her. Um, if my, if my grandma were in here, she would say the same thing. I guarantee you. Um, so I'm just, I'm, I'm just grateful that you guys have been so encouraging and uplifting to Sarah in here. Uh, we just haven't had a single, really, really a single negative comment. It's all been good vibes. And I'm so grateful that we have this community that we fostered here that, that we're able to, to have this conversation and have it be open and helpful to so many people. Um, and here I go. I'm going to say it. If you guys have more questions, send them because I don't want us to miss any. But, <laughs> but we'll see how it goes. Um, all right, Mike. Cursing and cussing is, is, is not the same. Yeah, I do have a potty mouth, John. That's true. You have a potty mouth too, um, but that's all I got for tonight. I don't. Again, I don't. I didn't want to over be overbearing at all here, Sarah. I wanted you to have, you know, the, use this platform as you you know as you could and um, be able to share your story again and be able to, you know, help people, which I think we've accomplished here tonight. Uh, yeah. Is there anything else you want to say? I mean, we've you fielded a lot of questions. I don't know if anything else is ruminating or or something else you want to drop in but I don't want to leave that off. I don't think so. I think okay. I think we covered a lot and even things that I, we didn't even think of right. to cover when Kulak preparing. Being one of them. Right. <laughs> Mount Salem showers and culottes. Um, <laughs> All gross. <laughs> All right. I um no, I think it was I mean it was a huge help to me to be able to talk and kind of get my side out there Good really. Impressed. I think it helps when people can kind of hear from the person behind these allegations. So here we go. We got a question. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, we're not trying to make fun of you, Bethany. Um, is there any particular way you would like for those of us uh, who do to pray for you? She said, Bethany said, it's a good question. Um, I would just say to continue to not drown in this because there are some days where I mean it honestly can feel like that and um I'm even there's even some 
strained relationships in my family because of this situation right now. So, and but from, you know, by my choice, but so I would say just strength to continue on the fight because that's what I ultimately want to do. Awesome. But I can't say that there's not hard days. So I would say that that's about it. All right. Well, I don't, again, I don't want to cut us short, so I'm not going to turn it off this instant, but I'm going to, I'm going to start winding down mostly because my computer is at 5%. I know Stuart's batteries are always dying. He never plugs in everything. I understand, but <laughs> such is my life. Um, we will have a new computer here soon, so that'll help. Anyways, Sarah, once again, thank you so much for taking the time to do this, for helping so many of us with so many questions and just different things and for being so open. Um, I don't know. I would, I, one thing I, I just thought of this, uh, I don't know. Are you familiar with Brene Brown at all? No. Please watch her special on Netflix. It's not really comedy, but she's a pro uh, when it comes to uh, she's a pro when it comes to vulnerability. And it's something that I think you've embodied quite perfectly. Um, so uh, that's something that I, I would encourage everyone. If you don't have Netflix, get it for a month for free, guys. Sarah, please, <laughs> please check out. Uh, Brene Brown B. It's not Renee. It's Brene B R E N E. Uh, John uh, okay. John Keister actually turned me on to her, and she has a special on uh, net Netflix, and it's just it's a beautiful thing. It's just a kind of an yeah. all-encompassing thing that I think everyone will enjoy. Anyways, I'm not yeah for sure. I'm not getting paid for that, but I just wanted to let you guys know it's a great thing, and, and Sarah, I think you'd enjoy it. But what I wanted to say from that um, is that you know you, you've embodied um, vulnerability in just such a, such a great way, so I'm so grateful for that. And for you, uh, again, taking the time tonight, I can't thank you enough. Um, all right, guys. Yeah, now I'm getting the altar calls softly and tenderly. Jesus is calling. Um, <laughs> no, I think, Janine, I think it would be potty mouth. Because in the, in the, on the East Coast, it would be potty mouth. It'd be potty mouth. Anyways, um, yes, John Bannister, we can pass the plate for Sarah Jackson's time and bravery. Absolutely. That's <laughs> I think would be great. Um, all right, guys. I think I'm going to sign off. Sarah, I don't want to keep you up any longer. And also, the computer is dying. Um, so thank you again. Um, all right, guys and Sarah, thank you all so, so, so much. Thank you. We're grateful. You're absolutely welcome. But thank you, Sarah, so much. Thank you, everyone, in the comments, whether you just joined a little while ago or you've been here this whole time. Super grateful for all the support. And uh, we're going to yes. sign off with that. We hope you guys have a great night. To those of you where it's almost morning, we hope you have a great morning.